You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, well, Tony Groves. Thanks for coming. Hi, hey, Mike. So, not a big turnout today, but uh, maybe we'll get through the show quicker. Uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, Charlotte, uh, boy, uh, what a day, uh, uh, a week that was. Uh, my first event was Wednesday Fixed, P21. I actually had a uh, pretty good run going. Uh, there was lots of green flag, uh, User two green flag channel. Uh, stops, and then there was a caution uh, after that. Uh, there was a big wreck. I had it missed, but someone kind of arca braked it in there and, and got me from behind. And uh, P21. I ran later that night in the open. Uh, wrecked. I just couldn't miss it. Uh, it was way up in front of me. P29, you know, track blocks up pretty quick at Charlotte. Uh, you guys were running with me. Uh, let's talk about uh, Flowers. He wrecked out. Uh, Justin Laird wrecked out. Matt Cisna wrecked out, and Tony, you wrecked out twice or multiple times, right? Oh, geez, yeah, what a disaster! Um, like, might as well just throw me right back into the rookies after that display. It was it was a terrible race for me. Um, I, I just I spun out. Uh, I love this track, and I'm, and I'm typically I'm I'm not too bad at it, but not not this race. This race was horrible. Um, I don't even remember what my finish was. It doesn't matter. It was way at the back, and I lost a lot of I rating over it. But um, hey, it is what it is, and those things happen every now and again, right? Yeah, and we had a a set given to us again from a donor, a friend of the podcast, and. Uh, Boy, it was fast and loose, and I ran it as is, and it was, after 15, 20 laps, that sucker was loose in the middle. I mean, I had to just really baby it when I was getting back on the gas, or I would spin out, and uh, it took a lot of concentration to drive it, but I liked it because it didn't get tight, Um, and then... Some of the guys, they ran a version of that. They had taken it and tightened it up. I think Matt had made several changes to it, and I think they called it version 7. And they they'd done a, several things to it to tighten it up. And, and a few of the guys were running that. What were you running? Um, I uh, It was pretty close to being the way it was sent to us. I adjusted a few things just to um, tighten it up on the... Um, you know what we were told on how to tighten it i just made very small adjustments um but i'll, I'll be honest with you um it, it was my driving style i uh I, I wasn't driving the car the way it should have been dro- driven and um you know going forward that's going to be uh something i'm going to really start paying attention to on on how to get that to drive that car properly yeah to know the line the braking points and all that and I think we were told uh, we got to drive it in a lot deeper than we were. Uh, and, yeah, so it, it takes a certain style to suit that setup, obviously. Uh, it didn't really suit our styles, I don't think, but it was quick. I, I got to give you that, you know. Yeah, no, um, like in, in practice and stuff, and when I could get a few clean laps underneath uh, under my belt, like it's the fastest I've ever been at that track. Um, I just I couldn't keep it together. I just... 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm so used to just driving to, to survive the friggin' race. Um, so, you know, hey, next year, um, I'll be up in the game a little bit, spend a lot of time in the offseason practicing and figuring out how to get myself faster and more competitive. Yeah, on the Thursday, open I ran, I got P15. Not a bad run. Uh, set was That same set was good on new tires. But after 15 laps, like I said, it's wicked loose in the middle. I ended up wrecking on my own twice, but still finished P15. Uh, and then Thursday fixed. Uh, uh, Tony, you had a really rough start, but somehow got a P10. Yeah, well, I went back to my old recipe and, and just try to survive. Now, yeah, I, you know, I, I did spin on my own, uh, clipped some of the wall, and, and uh, but I was with the you know, amount of cautions that we had, I was able to get a lot of that damage fixed up and, um, yeah, basically just survived to the end and it, it wound up, uh, a P10 for me. Yeah. It's amazing. The attrition in that bottom split or that lower split you're in, uh, myself on Thursday fixed a nice run. Uh, overall I was pleased because I had a nice top five going, but then got wrecked out. Uh, people were saying that my line was a little weird, like I was in the middle more than I was on the top or the bottom. Uh, so when, you know, getting past, I got hit, then wrecked. You know, like I, I'd let him have the bottom, and he just arced up into me. You know how that goes. They they kind of just sideswipe you, and then boom, your car goes to the wall. They keep going, and you're done. Uh, the 15 car in that race, he hit me not once, but twice in the same race. And I actually called him out over on the radio for it. I mean, once is a racing deal, and I understand that. But if he runs into the same guy again, you know, I think that's a whole other thing. You think after you hit somebody once, you just take it easy around that guy so you don't do it again. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and I've even run into this, um, kind of getting hit by the same guy more than once. And, um, yeah, it really sucks. You would think that, you know, just, Hey, play things a little safer. You're obviously not doing things the right way. So, you know, yeah, it was funny. Uh, some people in the race were saying, Oh yeah, we're going to hear about this on the podcast. So, well, you just heard about it. Uh, teammate Tyler Conroy, he ran with us uh Thursday fixed. Uh, he got wrecked out. Uh, lap car got him, apparently. Uh, he was running up towards the front. I think he was P3 or something when he got wrecked. But uh, he was not happy. <laughs> uh, Justin, uh, he, Laird, he got wrecked out again uh, as well uh, when he ran Thursday fixed. Uh, Friday open, uh, I got P16. Um, stayed out with a caution. Uh, with five to go, and I was the last car on the old tires. Uh, I got turned. Uh, these guys behind me, um, I ended up last car in the lead lap, P16. But it was a good run up until then. Um, so twice at Charlotte, I had good runs going, ended up being wrecked. Uh, that was a tough call at five to go. Do you pit for tires or not? And... Uh, I think I was seventh, sixth or seventh or something like that. And, you know, six or seven stayed out and everybody behind me pitted. And yeah, I was a sitting duck. Well, yeah, I mean, sometimes it just comes down to, to flip of the coin. Um, if you would have came in, then, 
you know, maybe other people behind you would, wouldn't have pitted and you wouldn't have been able to catch up anyhow. So I don't know. I think I would have just said the heck with it, stay out and see what happens. Yeah, that's what I did. And, uh, you know, I was second guessing that decision the whole time and I ended up, you know, getting wrecked, but, uh, I, I really feel like I need a crew chief sometimes to make these calls. These are tough calls. And, uh, I almost hate, I almost dread making them. You know, it's like I'd rather just drive the car and do what somebody tells me to do and let the decision be somebody else's. Uh, so we were kind of trying that today. I'll talk about that a little later. Uh, Flowers, David Flowers, he uh, amazingly P4 on Friday open, 12 laps down, P4. Now think about that. That means the top three. <laughs> I mean, he's P4, 12 laps down. So. It's amazing the attrition that he had. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I race a lot with him because we're both in the in bottom split hell, and you know that it's it's not a surprise. I, I've had good finishes being multiple laps down, um, you know, ten, fifteen laps down, and um, yeah, that's well, that's bottom split for you, right? Just a, it's a race to survive. That's all you're doing, really. Yeah, and what you guys will learn is when you get up to the split I'm in, uh, you know, if you're 12 laps down, you're like 25th. You know, there's no P4 12 lap down in my split. So that'll be a thing of the past as you go up the chain uh, into the higher splits. Uh, Also, James O'Brien, who hasn't run with us for a long time, uh, actually ran with us, uh, wrecked out, blown engine for him. Uh, then we ran Sunday fixed as well. I did P11, my best uh, finish there. I was really good on the short runs with fixed, but long runs I faded and faded bad. Um, legitimately, I was running second for a while there. Yeah, that was uh, one heck, <laughs> one heck of a wreck that happened in front of you. Yeah, I took a video and put it on the uh, Tafosi Racing page of this big pileup on a restart. I mean, it was like lap 45 or something. And I put my view as well from the cockpit so you could kind of get a, a, all you could see is smoke. And you see cars going left and right and across your nose. And and I just kind of slowed down and waited for them all to wreck. And then I drove on through and somehow didn't get run over. It was pretty uh, video worthy. So uh, pretty cool move. I, was, I think I went from... Uh, I think it was like 18th to 4th or something because of that restart wreck. It took out all those cars. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a crazy, crazy wreck. It's, oh, you hate seeing it with so many cars involved. It's just everybody in that race is having a bad day. Yeah, and I was good on short runs. Like I said, I, I just can't save tires for the life of me. Uh, David Flowers, he ran as well. Blown engine twice. Uh, the first one, apparently his girlfriend called him. He answered the phone and wrecked. It obviously distracted him enough to put it in the wall and blow an engine. Later, he blew another engine. Uh, but that's distracted driving for sure. Uh, and then Jason Daniels was back with us Sunday night for the first time in a long time. He ran. And interestingly, he also had distracted driving that wrecked him and blew his engine. And it was his roommate offering him cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. Well, 
<laughs> I seen the write up on this, and I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait to hear this story because cheese cheesecake wrecked him. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. He he comes on the radio, dude. I'm done. I'm all wrecked. What happened? Well, my roommates, uh, you know, giving trying to give me this cheesecake here, and I wasn't, you know, whatever, and yeah. Well, yeah, you know what? I I can sympathize with him because I'd get totally thrown off if somebody's trying to offer me cheesecake as well. It's amazing. Distracted driving is amplified in a race car over a real car. You know, you can get away with it in a real car. I mean, I'm not. I don't say that I do, or I'm not like that, or anything. But but in these race cars, you're you're still going 190 miles an hour or whatever, and if you just have one split second of distraction you're done oh yeah yeah um i i i race in my office and typically when i'm racing i have my door shut to try and uh squeeze out those distractions but every now and again you know my wife or my kids come in and they don't realize that i'm racing or they just want to quickly tell me something and bam that's it it throws me right off oh yeah yeah there's been many times my wife walks into the room and you know, blah, 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 and so something, and uh, next thing you know, I'm wrecked, you know. So, yeah, that's tough. All right, let's talk, uh, so that was Charlotte. Let's talk this week, Tally. Uh, first comment is full distance race. Ugh, I don't like these full distance races. I'm uh, I'm up in the air. Um, you know, I've, I've only done a couple because we've only had couple or actually a couple that i actually have the uh the track to so that would have been uh daytona and uh charlotte with the 600 um they're long man they are so long well and tomorrow i was kind of hoping to run the open and the fixed Uh, one of them is at two o'clock local the other one's at six o'clock local that's a four hour difference between the two races well guess what this is a three and a half to four hour race so if I run the first race, I'll have approximately a 20-minute break before I have to start another three-and-a-half to four-hour race. And it just makes, you know, it, a diffi- it makes it one of those days. And I'm going to probably try to do it, but I don't know if I'm going to run the rest of the week. You know, uh, maybe I'll run Thursday because I'm off on Thursday, uh, which I'm normally not. But we'll see. Uh, but I wish these would just be all half distance. I, I mean, I understand the... The allure of the full distance, but it kind of bites into my life, my the rest of my life outside of iRacing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I hear you there. Um, now, I know I remember uh, listening to this podcast and you guys talking about last year where it was almost half the races were uh, full length. and It felt like uh, it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So at least you know they, they cut it down because there's a lot of guys that do really like these these full length races. Um, you know, and uh, I I can kind of side with that. I mean, the Daytona 500 should be a full length race. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with how many they have. I guess I just personally I'm not a fan. I guess I'll say it that way. But yeah, I'm okay with how many they have. It, at least they like you said they cut them back. It's probably at a bare minimum of how many you can have. You really can't cut back more than what they got. So I'm okay with it, I guess. Yeah, but I'm with you. Like this week here, um, 
you know, I, I've I've been running the open race. Well, I'm probably not going to do that this week just because it uh, <laughs> interferes with my work. I got to get up in the morning, but so I'll be on Thursday, and I'm going to try and try to to hit uh, the Sunday the Sunday night fixed as well. Yeah. Well, uh, I tell you what, uh, if anybody knows me and my history, this is the week I can gain I rating and gain wins. And so I started that this week, uh, starting today. Earlier today, I ran uh, Tally A-Fixed. And boy, I don't run A-Fixed ever unless it's a restrictor plate week. But uh, just trying to gain, you know, I'm not there for points. I haven't been running the 13, you know, 12-week season. Uh, I'm there to take a win, and I'm there to get some I rating. So I ran uh, uh, last night uh, and then uh, today. So... uh, one of them I qualified P6, a 51.556. The pole was a 51.492. I mean, I was close. I mean, one one hundredth off. Uh, car number 10. Ended up P16. Uh, got the lead on lap 14. Um, so I think I fell back as far as 8th, but made it to 1st on lap 14. And guess what? Led every lap after that, right up to the end. Uh, so, 2 to go. I had to pit for fuel. There was no cautions in this race. It was caution-free, 40-lap race. And guess what? One lap shy. And uh, so two to go, I pit for fuel. Splash and go, no tires. Uh, as soon as I started, you know, got past pit road, I tried to come up to speed to go into turn one. Spun out. Old tires, no way. That thing's coming up to speed. I spun out. I get it pointed the right way. I try again. I spin out again. And lost the race, obviously. Yeah, wow, that's a that's a bummer after fighting so hard, and yeah, old tires take you out. And you know, uh, one guy made it. One guy stretched it out and won the race. That was Joshua Powell. Congratulations, Josh. I think I actually screwed up, and I was talking over the radio about the fuel situation early on. And I think Josh heard that and realized, oh, you know what? I'm going to save. Because I couldn't save. I was leading the race. I was up there at full throttle every lap from lap 14 to lap 38. And I didn't have a way of saving fuel as a leader. And uh, and Josh obviously uh, caught the clue, and he did it, and he won the race. So User everyone else channel. ended up pitting uh, except for... Josh and he won the race by staying out there and saving enough fuel to to make up for that one lap shy. Now I was one lap shy and I was a leader and I wasn't saving at all. The guys behind me were probably a little less than one lap short, but they were still short. So everybody did pit, but that one guy. Yeah. Wow. Well, hey, good on him. I mean, he figured it out. Yeah. So I felt good after that race. I was like. Wow, that was pretty cool because, you know, led the most laps. I was in position to win if it wasn't a fuel strategy thing. Um, Well, I ran again today. uh, Tally A fixed. uh, Car 10 again. uh, Qualified P4. uh, Finished P3. Almost got the win. Uh, I really wasn't in position for it. I mean, I was able to get to third, but... Man, I was just kind of kicking myself for the fuel strategy call again. I ended up pitting this time. There was a caution, 
So I gave up my track position and came in and, and topped off the fuel. So I was sure I could make it because I was so mad about losing that other race. And that ended up losing enough track position. I just wasn't able to get back to the front. And so P3. And then uh, I ran again. What did I finish? I think it was 16th or something. Uh, I was in a, it was green all the way to the end. And on the last lap, well, I wasn't leading. I was like 5th to 7th or 8th. And I was saving fuel. Uh, Matt was uh, crew chiefing and spotting for me. Matt, are you there? Yeah. Okay, thanks for jumping in. Yeah, Matt was with yeah. me, uh, uh, helping me out because I was wanting some help on these uh, fuel calls. But anyway, I think I had saved enough. I had been like at, you know, 60 to 90% throttle uh, for a lot of the race, just trying to save fuel and ride behind people. And I knew those guys were going to start running out. And sure enough, the last lap came, uh, I don't know, what was it, two or three of them in front of us ran out. Uh, and as they pulled up out of the way, people had to take evasive actions, and this 14 car plowed into my side, and and I was wrecked, and ended up uh, blown engine, and e- couldn't even finish the race. I never made it to the checkered flag. So, so rough Talladega week already. Um, I'm still confident as can be because I know I can get up to the front or near the front. Um, it's a matter of just having the luck, I think, to, to win one of these things. Well, I mean, you know, when it, when it comes down to it, that's what it is. You know, you got to have luck on your side at these super speedways. Uh, it's just, <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You, Matt, you watched that whole race. What were your uh, thoughts about that? Uh, I think we were doing a, a great job and he just had bad luck on the last lap there when one guy went from all the way from the top to the bottom to miss a wreck and kind of clipped you, but we were doing great. We were almost going to make it to the end. Yeah, we were going to make it on fuel. It's kind of confusing. Uh, let's talk quickly about that, Matt, about the fuel calculations as we were winding down the laps. I was kind of, I don't know if I'm not good at math or what the situation is, but I, I kept thinking, okay, I'm doing the math in my head. Like, it's lap 25, there's 40 deg- laps in the race. That's 15 laps. But in reality, it's 16 because you got to complete all of lap 40 as well. Yeah, well, that no, makes no, sense. I mean, and what was that thing you were using, Mike, that was different? Well, I was using iSpeed uh, for the fuel calculation. And you were, you, you were looking at the sim, right, for your fuel? Yeah. And, and I was telling uh, you that that's not accurate, uh, especially on a full tank. That number that you're shown is not accurate. Um, so, yeah, that is. I do recommend iSpeed. It does base it off your current fuel mileage over five laps, over the last five laps. So I find it to be more accurate. Yeah, I'm all for the, the apps as long as they they work properly, you know. Yeah, I understand the... The paid version of Joel Real Timing has a nice fuel calculator too, uh, but I don't have the paid version, so I haven't been able to try it. I don't have all that stuff. I just sit here with my my monitor, my desk, my G twenty seven. Yeah, you lose enough of these fuel races, you'll want something like that because it can be very frustrating. All right, well that's tally. I'm looking forward to this week, uh, boy. I want to win. Uh, I usually win at these restrictor plates. Uh, I have. 
every time we've gone to one for like the last two and a half years, I don't want to break that streak. I'm really anxious to get a win. All right, let's move on. Pro Invitational is coming up next uh, tonight here at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, featuring Christopher Bell, Ryan Priest, and Timmy Hill and more. Yeah, these are a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think I was able to catch the whole thing last week. And, uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was good. It's a nice, quick little race. They're um, quick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last week was uh, Dover, and there was only did like 30 laps. Um, it didn't take no time at all. Um, but it, it's it's fun to watch these guys go. And, you know, like uh, Denny Hamlin, he was racing last week. And um, for most of the race, he really didn't do a whole lot. He kind of gained a little bit of uh, a couple positions there right near the end, but um, yeah, they're they're still they're they're good. They're they're fun. Yeah, I'll definitely tune in after this uh, recording. Uh, I'll put that up on the big screen and and kind of check it out. I didn't see any A-list Cup stars like Denny Ham Denny Hamlin or Kyle Larson listed, but uh, Timmy Hill. I mean, he's a Cup guy, right? Yeah, he's run a few races, right? Yeah, I've I've run with Timmy Hill in iRacing racing at Sonoma, and he basically lapped the field and schooled us. He was good. Hmm. Yeah, he was in our NIS race uh, once. That was interesting. All right, let's talk. The race after that is guess what? The final championship race for the Peak Auto Anti Antifreeze Series. Sponsored by NASCAR and Peak. And there's four guys going for the $10,000 trip to Homestead for the NASCAR race. Check presentation, ring presentation, and you get to be known as the uh, champion, you know. So, uh, pretty exciting. Uh, iRacing has been pumping it up on the social media. NASCAR as well. Uh, they put out an article on their uh, website at NASCAR.com about this talking about the four different guys uh, that are going for it and uh, what their, you know, chances are, so to speak. What does the leaderboard look like in top four? Well, it's Ray Alfala, Logan Clampett, Ryan Luza, and Bobby Zielinski. They're the four in the finale here. And I do believe it's whoever finishes ahead of the other. I I think it's like normal NASCAR. Yeah, I'm under the same understanding there. Um, this is going to be a heck of a race. Uh, <laughs> looks like I'll be uh, just watching iRacing tonight and not doing any racing myself because I think I want to catch this one as well. Yeah, I'm very proud to say two of the four of these guys have been on my show multiple times here on the podcast. Of course, Ray Alfala, uh, two-time champ, and uh, no, and the youngster Logan Clampett, has been on our show multiple times as well. I actually hit up Logan last night on social media and told him, uh, you know what, I like all four of these guys, but we're going to be pulling for Logan tonight. Uh, Clampett Nation the whole way. I hope he can uh, bring it home. I'd like to see a first-time champion here. Uh, Peak Auto has also been uh, promoting the race on their social media as well with some pretty cool-looking graphics and stuff too. Uh, showing the four guys as cars, and you can see the paint jobs and whatnot. Uh, it says, "Who's going to win ten grand?" 
Good luck to all the iRacing teams tonight. Thank you for a great season. That'd be nice. So uh, we'll try to get one of the the winner, uh, whoever it may be, on the show, uh, maybe next week or the week after when it's all over. Um, but uh, yeah, go get them, guys. It'll be fun to watch. So they get ten grand and a trip to uh, Homestead. Yep, and a ring. And a ring. You get like like a giant trophy, something probably do, huh? I think it's a giant check and the ring. I don't know if there's a trophy. There might be a trophy. But the ten grand, wow. Yeah, that's a nice little uh that's a nice little prize. Ten grand. The, the ring, I'm sure the ring is nice as well. And you know, nice to flash that to people there. Nice little conversation starter. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Go get them, Logan. Okay. Now, let's jump in the topics. I'll take the first one. Uh, it's get week three of the McLaren's World's Fastest Gamer. And they put up a uh, video on iRacing.com's YouTube page about the highlights of the race. And I checked it out, and Davey De- Decor uh, wins. And uh, it was interesting watching the highlights. These guys are, like, rubbing and racing. I mean, they're, like, pushing each other out of the way and... And it's uh, intense out there. Well, those guys got ten times the talent any any oval driver has, I think. Yeah, those Formula One cars are really hard to drive. Yeah, I watched that uh, the highlight reel, and uh, you know that that was pretty darn interesting. And you know, one name that I that I noticed in there was uh, Bobby Zelinsky. He's uh, he's trying for it. Yeah, there are a few that cross over between the road and the oval, and he's one of them. All right, what's next? Well, they're uh, I'm racing. Put up, uh, re- responded onto a post about. Um, they say soon we'll insist on everyone having the latest patches on Windows Service Pack One for uh, Windows Seven and uh, Eight Point One for Windows Eight. Um, they say they need this so they can start using the latest compiler from Microsoft. Yeah, um, we talked about this a little bit before, and there was a follow-up from David Tucker about this. But uh, if you recall, they had a problem with the big release um, where they assumed that everyone would be on the latest version of Microsoft uh, so you would have those files that you need. Um, and it obviously it didn't work for a lot of people who hadn't been updating and um, so iRacing temporarily fixed the issue by pushing those files. But as David alludes to here, at some point, they're going to not do that. They're going to, I mean, so what's going to happen is your SIM will not work if you don't update if you're on 7 or 8.1. Uh, if you're on 8.0, it's going to stop working. Would there even be a, a 7.1 for Windows? <laughs> You got to be at least service pack one on on seven. So yeah, so that's what's going on there. It's just uh, I don't know when that's going to happen, but at some point it will. And uh, you know, iRacing has dropped support for Linux, for Mac OS, and so forth. And we're Windows only at this point, and so they're really relying on Windows and 
And I guess it's important to be updated. So keep that in mind if you're not updating. Yeah, and on the uh, on the forums there, it, it's it's uh, quite an in-depth uh, explanation as to why um, this has to happen and why they can't get around it. Um, oh, anybody that's uh, interested, have a read because uh, probably take us an hour to go through and try to analyze this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, next up, a post in the forums by Malik Ray. Ever wanted to try a peak setup? And he posted a Charlotte oh. peak setup in the forums October 5th in the NASCAR iRacing Series forum. I saw that. So a lot of people tried this. Uh, some people think he was trolling us. Other people said it seemed like a legit set. Yeah, how did how did people react to that? Because I, I didn't read the whole post. I guess I read the first day. Well, I think some people are accusing him of sharing a set that's not his. You know, like it was made by the team, a, a, a team or somebody else. And he basically got accused of sharing something that's not his to share, so to speak. Yeah, if you follow through the thread there, um, he, he basically comes to say that, you know, this, is a, this isn't this is a refined uh, set, and it's, um, I guess it's actually a lot slower than what they would use in, in the Peak Series. Um, but, I mean, it's it's probably better than a lot of sets out there in just, you know, running regular open. Yeah, so if you want to try it, go go snag it. It's still sitting there. Well, there is a certain set at Charlotte that would be better. There's so many different sets you can you can do at Charlotte. That... All right, what's next? Well, I guess there's uh, been an issue with some people uh, crashing to the homepage with the new build. Um, Sean Nash from iRacing said they uh, reported these issues to Easy Annie Cheat, and they reported back that they have just fixed an issue that could possibly cause these issues. And they sent us uh, an updated SDK to test. Um, so hopefully, with the with the next update there, if you, if if you're having issues, it should be fixed. Yeah, something to do with easy anti cheat. So that's a third party anti cheating system that installs on your computer when you install iRacing, and uh, it can break just like iRacing can break apparently. But doesn't affect everybody, which is interesting. I don't understand that, but All right, yeah. I, uh... Oh, I was just gonna say I I, I didn't uh, I didn't experience any of that. No, but there were several that did apparently. So uh, okay, so next up, Steve Myers uh, posted up some information about the BTCC Honda Civic uh, and what's going on with this car. Uh, basically, this thread was uh, created by uh, somebody who knows one of the dra uh, real racing drivers in the BTCC championship, and that driver had indicated in an email to the iRacing member that, oh, iRacing has everything they need to uh, you know build these cars and get going. Uh, well, Steve Myers uh, refutes that. He posted up, if Honda UK is behind getting their BTCC car into iRacing, that is news to me. I've never even talked to Honda UK as my relationship is with the U.S. group and I have never been introduced to Honda UK. 
just to provide the history again, we signed Honda many years ago and included the rights to build this car. Matt Neal provided us some data to build a car, but it was not close to all that we needed to actually do it. I had a lengthy discussion with the team that runs Fords and BTCC and did not pan out either. That was the, um, the driver that said that? Uh, yeah, it was the driver from the real series, apparently. So he, re- he refutes what iRacing claimed? I don't know, but regardless, yeah. they don't have the data to get the car done. So, so it's a, a copyright thing, or it's a... Well, it's a, we have the rights to it. It's they don't have the data. They haven't been allowed to scan the cars uh, correctly, is the way I understand it. Hmm. But he says uh, so at the end here, so unfortunately, I do not see us doing a BTCC series anytime soon. So that's that, uh, and it's kind of a it, it's kind of neat to see the insight between how do these cars get scanned. I mean, you got to know somebody, you know, in the on the teams or in the series, and you got to be connected, and and they got to you know provide everything you need, you know. And this sounds like they only got some of what they needed, so it didn't work. Yeah, there's always that one guy that's like a refuses to sell the rights to it because it's too valuable to him, and he. You know, he, he hates video games because he, like, had that one video game when he was a kid and he lost all the time, so. There's always that one guy. Like, uh, who's what's-her-face? Bill Belichick for the Patriots and never never gives rights to the Madden franchise. All right, what's next? Well, iRacing got some love from uh, Landon Castle and David Reagan on uh, on a little interview. Um, you can watch the video on NBCSports.com. Um Kyle Petty and Jeff Burton are uh, having a chat with the two guys there, and they're um, uh, kind of questioning them on uh, on iRacing, and you know, oh. is it uh, you know, does it really help? And you know, like you you don't have that seat of the pants feeling, you know how 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 can how much can it actually relate into the real world? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, they they did a nice job. Uh, boosting up iRacing and um yeah i gave out a lot of love for it yeah they talked it up talked you know visually you can get visual clues of what's going on with the the car and the track uh and they talked about the laser scanning and how every bump is there um you know and i think burton's question was you know you can't feel it you know you can't feel it from the seat of your pants like you can in a real car but they were saying, well, you could still visually see it, so there's still some of that. Now, one thing I was a little disappointed that David and Landon didn't really talk about was, hey, what about force feedback? I mean, all these wheels yeah. have force feedback, and that's a huge thing and a huge part of the simulation in general. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I was actually thinking that myself. Um, you know, I, I feel all those bumps, and, you know, you can – kind of feel when your car's getting loose and or it's too tight or you know you do feel it just not in the seat of your pants you kind of feel it in your hands yeah so i think we just need to remember eye racing is a combination of three senses you can feel it in the force feedback in your hands you can hear it and you can see it and if you do all those things together that immerses you into the simulation if you don't have force feedback on it's totally different All right, uh, let's jump into the next topic. 
There's a new job at iRacing available. Greg Hill posted up in the forums. They're looking for a senior environment material artist. An artist. It is located in the home office at Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, you must be a U.S. citizen or already have the correct working papers prior to applying. And they list out all the job qualifications. Uh, boy, if you're a computer graphic artist, this would be very interesting. And so maybe some graphical improvements to come as far as day-to-night transition maybe or, or range? Well, they already have a team of people that have this title. They're just adding to it. Maybe somebody left or something like that. All right, what's next? Well, uh, next year, we know uh, one of the races at Charlotte's going to be using the new uh, Roval uh, setup. So the question was asked, um, are, are they going to bring it over into iRacing? And Steve Myers uh, posted on Twitter that said, well, we scanned it already when they told us it was finished. Then they added a new chicane, so we have to go back. So... Um, I guess we're uh, we're still gonna get it. They just gotta go and do a rescan to make sure they got all the got all the turns and got it all all right. Yeah, there's a new chicane they decided to add. I think it's outside of turn four. You'll come off the banking and down through the chicane and then back up onto the front stretch. Uh, I I think during the NASCAR race somebody spun down into that chicane. I think they have fake grass there too. Yeah, I heard them talk about the fake grass, um, about it not, uh, you know, kicking up dirt everywhere and making a mess out of everything. But So it'll be interesting to see if iRacing does that any differently. Do they treat it like real grass, as if you're going through the real grass? Or does it feel differently? You know, it's not as rough, maybe, because it is fake. I don't know. Yeah, well, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean... Uh, when I think about it, I think it would be um, a lot, you know, if you do get in there, it'd be a lot more slippery than regular grass. That's just my thought. Right. Well, it'll be interesting next uh, NIS season, too. They'll have three road courses instead of two. I don't know if I'm excited for that or not. But, yeah, uh, we'll have to see how that goes. uh it's usually just survive and try to keep it on the pavement. And you'll get a top ten. Is the kind of way the tra- uh, those oh, those uh, road tracks go on NIS anyway, because most of those oval guys aren't very good on the road track. So is Charlotte's going to become a, a roval in NASCAR next year? In the fall, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're working on the track and getting it ready and stuff. So, so yeah, in the spring it'll still be the six hundred on the oval. Yeah. Yeah, you know what though? What the heck? Let's uh, let's mix it up. It'll be a brand new track. It'll be fun for the first time, at least. Yeah, I'm glad they're rescanning it now that you know. So it, it's correct. Uh, we got they got enough time. They got a year, you know, to get it done. So, all right. Next topic. Uh, Steve Myers also on the Twitter giving us some information. Somebody asked, "Hey, what about the new Chevy for 2018? Are we going to be able to get this in the sim?" And uh, he, he gave us a short answer. Yes, we will have the new 2018 Chevrolet. Oh, keeping up. iRacing's on the ball. Yeah, that'd be cool. That that car looks really nice. Yeah, and I'm glad the 
manufacturers are working with iRacing on stuff like this. I think it's important. All right, what's next? Well, we were talking earlier about the uh, the issue with uh, the sim quitting unexpectedly. Um, well, they, they, the hot fix is out, and uh, so that that's been fixed up along with uh, you know a few other um, few other things in the in the hot fix uh, telemetry. Um, there's a new telemetry variable. Player car weight penalty um, has been added that reflects the weight penalty applied to your local car. Um, not too sure what that is all about, but um, I don't know telemetry at all. And yeah. there's uh, a few things with cars. Uh, the Delara uh, fuel has been added to Talladega qualification setup. Uh, the Ferrari 488 ABS settings are now mappable controls. Oil cooling capacity has been increased to allow for lower operating temperatures. Um, and position lights have been removed from distant level of detail models. And one update to a track, that's the Snetterton circuit. They fixed a collision mesh for a group of tires. Yep. So just a little patch. Uh, it was really to fix that crashing to the desktop thing with the easy anti-cheat problem. But they got it fixed uh, pretty quick, so good job for that. Uh, next topic, uh, we actually got a, a message from a listener, and uh, he says he loves the podcast and he's a listener, but how about a show about uh, for the newbies with tips, tricks, software, stuff that a newbie might not know about? Uh, there is quite a learning curve, and I think we forget about that on the podcast. We're also experienced... Uh, we kind of don't talk about stuff that might, you know, be seem obvious to us, but for a new person to iRacing is not. So uh, I wanted to go over this a little bit and talk about some ideas about what is this, you know, what would be good tips to give this guy. Uh, I wrote down a few here. Tradingpaints.com. If you don't know about trading paints, you need to get an account, install the software, and... Uh, upload and pick out some paints uh, the other part of that is you also should paint your car in the sim as well um, that way if somebody doesn't have trading paints they don't see a white car you know and they can see something that looks halfway decent so take the time people go paint your cars in the sim and make sure you have a trading paints uh, paint job as well you don't have to paint your own there are many, many to choose from on tradingpaints.com. You can browse through them and pick whichever one you want. Or you can actually hire somebody to paint one for you if you have a specific paint you want. Uh, I've done that before. What do you guys think? Any uh, up, you know, tips on paints? No, I, uh, you know, same as you. Trading paints, I mean, that's the way to go. Um, heck, I... You may not even have to hire people. A lot of a lot of a lot of people just do it just for the love of painting cars. So you might luck out and get uh, get somebody to do a nice custom paint job for you just for uh, just for free. But that's a definite program you need to have. Yep, and it needs to work, right, Matt? I don't think yours was working today. No, it, it decided to not work here and there. Um, are you looking for general tips, or are you looking for trading paint related? Anything to do for the newbies. I want to say that setting your uh, your buttons on your keyboard to map a certain tires, maybe four tires and fuel, right sides only, splash only, 
setting that can be helpful. Uh, oh, I yeah. Say, I want to say that iracerstuff.com still has spotter packs. You went to Jimmy Johnson or uh, oh, Dale Jr. Spotter, spotter pack. pack. Yeah. yeah. I run the Jimmy Johnson Cuss Pack. You can get that at dwwarehouse.com, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I love that cuss pack, and they, they just put out a new version not that long ago, a couple months ago, I think. Um, it's it's great because when you screw up, man, do they let you know? <laughs> yeah, so you install it, and then you go in the sim, go to options, sound, and you have to select it from a drop-down menu under the spotter section, and then restart, and then restart it. Yeah. And it's so much easier to just push a button and have right side tires rather than because if you're messing with your black box under caution, a lot of times you're gonna, you know, run into trouble and run into the back of someone. Yeah, I I'm set up to do those kind of things verbally, and I have a button box on my iPad yeah. for those things as well. So I have both ways of doing it. Yeah, I went uh, I went and built myself a button box. It's just a, uh, geez, I think I. May have put about $25 into it total with a little bit of scrap wood. It's not pretty, but it, it works really well. Yeah, so that's a must need, if, especially if you want to do left sides only or something like that. And that's what I do verbally with uh, Voice Attack with a plug-in called Digital Race Engineer, which you can find that on the forums. I can say left side tires only, and it will make the change for you. You know, you just verbally say it. You push a button and say it, and it works. It seems silly to to maybe some people, but really, when you're you're in an NIS, you know, big field, and there's you know everyone's going down pits at the same time, and you're lined up, you know, trying to get that extra spot. It's really helpful. All right. Some other ideas I came up with was uh, setups. When you say work on or run setups you need to save them to your computer so you have a historical record so you can go back to stuff and whatever but it's a good idea to create a folder structure to save those in because it can get messy if you don't split them off into folders now the way i have it set is under each car i have a track a folder that for each track and then i put the sets within that folder that's another good point just copy and paste and put one into each one of your cars for you have track for each car. And save it in the garage right in the sim and just save it into that tracks folder. But it's yep. a great idea for a new person to start that from the beginning. So like if you're going to save a set for Charlotte, hit save as, but then hit new folder and hit, you know, type out Charlotte and then put it in that. And you can set that up in Windows ahead of time before you even in the sim. Uh, in fact, on our Google Drive for the team, I have a zipped folder of empty folders that have one of each track that any team member can take and unzip that into their car folder, and then they would have folders for all those tracks without having to cr- manually create them and type them out. Uh, anyway, Google Drive, let's talk about that a little bit. Our team uses Google Drive to share setups. It also, again, creates a historical record on the Internet. So if somebody's computer completely crashes and the hard drive's gone, guess what? We still have the sets because they're on Google Drive. 
So it's a great place to store them, you know, for posterity. Yeah, and for anybody that's not using Google Drive now, um, I mean, it, it doesn't cost anything, and you've, they, they give you 15 gigabytes of storage. So, um, you know, as long that, that's a lot of storage. Um, you can always pay for, for more, but, uh, you know, 15 gigs, that's, uh, that, that'll definitely get you started. All right. Uh, In-SIM communication. Uh, how do you, how did the teams communicate together? Well, TeamSpeak, one word, Google that, download it, install it, have it ready. If you ever get on a team, if you're ever on a broadcasted race, they often want you in TeamSpeak so they can interview you if they need to and that kind of stuff. So I think it's important that new people have TeamSpeak. You might not have anybody to talk to on TeamSpeak yet, but when you get that, when you get invited to, you'll be ready, you know, and that's what it's all about. Now, apparently there's another program out there people use called Discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D. I do not have any uh, familiarity with this. Do you guys know about it? Yeah, I've used it before. It's a little more complicated than than this, but you can do a little bit more stuff. Like, it's easier to maybe send files and stuff like that, but it's a little bit more complicated, too. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we pay a, a, sl- a little monthly fee for our team speak at uh, Game Servers is where our host is. It's uh, fairly inexpensive, and uh, once in a while I'll cough up to the, the team and say, hey, who wants to donate, you know, 10 or 15 bucks? Uh, they'll donate, and boom, you know, we're paid for the next eight months or something, you know. So um, it's really inexpensive. There are free team speaks available as well, uh, but they're limited as far as how many people can be in them and that kind of thing. Uh, voice attack, we, I talked about that briefly. Uh, that's the last one I have for the newbies. I like voice attack. It, it does cost money. Um, it's hard to program if you're just using voice attack by itself, but you can do that. And it, I ran for the first couple of years with no plugins with voice attack and, and it worked perfectly good, but I had to take the time to program it. Um, and what you have to do is literally match up what your keyboard mappings are to what you're mapping in the voice attack. So when you say a certain phrase like left side tires only push this button, do this, do that kind of thing. And it's like a, a verbal keyboard, so to speak. You can say one thing and have it type another. And so you have to program all that in. Uh, now, like I said, there is a plug-in on the forums called Digital Race Engineer. I think there's a free, I have the free version. There's a paid version as well. I do recommend it. Uh, it makes programming, he does all the programming for you, If is what makes it neat uh, with the Digital Race Engineer. Plus, his plugin does a lot of stuff that you couldn't do without the plugin. Like, it'll actually give you verbal feedback as you race. Like, like if you switch positions, it'll tell you what position you're in. Or if there's a new leader, it'll tell you who the new leader is. If the guy in front of you pits, it'll say that. If the guy behind you pits, it'll tell you. So it, it kind of is like a extra engineer on the radio talking to you. It's kind of cool. Which which one was that? I never I never used that before. Digital Race Engineer. It's a plug-in for Voice Attack. So you have to buy Voice Attack. I think oh. I paid 15 bucks for it. Then you get the plug-in and you put it in Voice Attack and that's how it works. 
All right, what's next? Well, this one here, I think you should take over. It's uh, a take on ultra-wide monitors. Oh, yeah, there was a discussion about uh, on Facebook. I couldn't link to it because it was one of those closed groups where you can't share links, But which I hate Facebook about. Um, but regardless, there was this discussion about ultra-wide monitors, and uh, somebody was talking about buying them for triples, and would it be a good idea? And so I actually weighed in on the topic and told them what I thought. Uh, and here's what I said. I think it's really about the lack of vertical FOV more than anything. We all have plenty of horizontal FOV because we have three instead of one. But the vertical calculation is limited to one tall. So if you have a monitor that's really short but wide, that just kills that vertical FOV. A wise man, David Tucker once said that triples would be better with 4x3 monitors or 5x4 instead of the normal 16x9 monitors, and he's absolutely right because you would have a better vertical FOV. So anyway, that's my take on ultra-wide monitors. I, I think what I'm saying is I don't think they're a good idea for eye racing, anyways. You disagree with... Uh... With David Tucker or with uh, no, 16 I agree by 9? No, I with David Tucker. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's saying run uh, one that's taller as, and not as wide is what David is saying. When he yeah. says a 5x4 is better than a 16 by 9 And oh, I'm geez. saying a 16 by 9 is better than a 21 by 9 which is the wide screen format. That would so, be hard to find, though, wouldn't it, nowadays? They're out there, and there's people that are considering them for triples. That's what this uh, post was all about. That's good to know. So everyone thinks, wow, it'll be real wide, right? And I could get three of them, and it'll go, yeah. you know. But guess what? You'll never see anything close to the dash. Now, if you had a 5 by 4 monitors and or 4 by 3s you know, then that's the old-style office yeah. monitors they used back 10 years ago in offices and stuff. Uh, five by fours, you'll see part or even most of the dash, which is a problem with a lot of people with triples that have 16 by nine monitors. If you have 16 by nine monitors and you set it up correctly, you're not going to see the dash. But if you had five by four triples, you would see part of the dash because you have a higher vertical FOV. So I hope I didn't lose everybody there, but, uh, yeah, think twice before you buy an ultra-wide monitor. It's not, it's the opposite of what most people's conventional wisdom would be. All right, what's next? Oh, and, uh, somebody posted up on the forums uh, a race they were in, uh, in street stocks, and uh, it looked like uh, Tony Stewart was in the race. Yeah, Tony Stewart has been caught lurking on iRacing. Uh, he's obviously retired now, and uh, recently there's several uh, evidences here that he's uh, been racing all kinds of stuff. Uh, one person had a Twitch here, uh, Phoenix uh, Street Stocks. Uh, Tony Stewart was in the race. Uh, another guy on Facebook, iRacing Dirt uh, group page, posted up... Uh, a dirt race that Tony Stewart was leading in. So he's out there, guys. 
Well, that's really cool. I I would absolutely. <laughs> Tony Stewart was my guy in racing, and uh, I I would just I think I'd be over the moon to to be able to I'd be in a race him. that he's in. Be wrecked by him, it'd be it'd be honorable. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna go first purposely look for him and see if I can get in a race he's in. That sounds like fun. All right, let's jump into hardware software. And talking about ultra-wide monitors, uh, there's been a video I found on YouTube uh, posted by West Networks, LLC. They have uh, three of these 49-inch super ultra-wide monitors by Samsung that we were just talking about. And they actually set them up in a triple configuration, side by side by side, and ran some games that way and saw how it worked. And then later they stacked them on top of each other, uh, one above the other. So all three stacked. And so it was more like a video wall kind of look. Uh, Very interesting uh, what it looked like when it was stacked. What do you guys think of that? Uh, boy, talk about vertical FOV. You would have it if you did that. Yeah. Um, the the setup that they put in this video, um, you know, like they you know they had to the monkey it all together because they don't build stuff for that. But um, there was there was definitely way too much gap. If they could close the gap between the monitors for the vertical, yeah, I, it it wouldn't be so bad. But I don't know. Like you'd have to you'd have to set it just right so that that middle monitor is is what you're mainly staring at. Um, otherwise, that that seam is going to be really distracting. Um, as well, the, they don't have a proper mount. They're just setting them on a shelf, is what they're doing on a base. So that's why there's huge gaps. But I, I suppose you could mount these correctly and actually build a a proper mount where there wouldn't be a gap, though. Yeah, no, and and that's kind of what I was getting to though. But you'd have to be able to to for your your normal eyesight or eye line to to hit that middle monitor, which would be kind of awkward I would have to imagine um trying to find that proper height. Um I'm not sure it it would definitely be different. I mean, I I could see it'd be kind of neat. Um but uh yeah. You would I, see all the dash for sure. I think you'd see the crumbs on the floor. Right. <laughs> but you're right. You'd have to get your head higher than he's got it and get it up into the where your eyeball is centered on the center monitor. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, then they, 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 it looked a lot, lot nicer um, when, they, uh, when, they all put, when they put them all side by side. But, um, you know, kind of going back to what you were saying there, I don't, I don't like it. I do not like it at all. The side by side by side, it's too it's too much. Yeah, it's just it's real narrow as far as the vertical FOV. So it's like you're looking through a a, a sliver hole or something. Yeah, yeah. Now they ran a couple different games. The one that I saw, uh, um, the World of Warcraft. Everything it looked like, uh, just like midgets uh, running across all the screens. And then um, they they put on I think it was Dirt Four, and I, I really they did everything in a third person view and I really wish they would have give us a cockpit view to see what that would look like. Um but I found it kind of a waste of two monitors running it in a third person view. Yeah. 
an incredible resolution of 11,520 by 1080. Yeah, that's just absolutely silly. It is, yeah. So again, again, it goes back to my original thought on ultra wide. It is silly. There, there's no reason to do it, especially with iRacing. Well, no, but I mean, hey, uh, you know, it's the whole ad is like, well, if you got it, let's try it. Or, you know, bigger is better. Right. All right, what's next? Well, HPP's uh, posted out some more videos on their uh, the progress on their new wheel that they're coming out with. Um, they got a bunch of bunch of pictures um, showing different various parts, uh, some some plates and uh, screws and stuff. And they also posted a video that I thought was quite interesting on them um, using the water jets and stuff to uh, to make the parts. Yeah, I think it's a proper. Uh, Gene Haas CNC, uh, you know, automated machine, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> really, really neat uh, process watching them, watching the machine work. I'd, I'd kind of like to see uh, all the stuff they got to do to to get it up to that point. Where do they put it? Just before they put it in the machine. Yeah, so Mark from HPP Simulation working on a wheel. It looks like a road. It's definitely a road wheel. Um, but remember, he's uh, the guy who makes the killer hydraulic pedals uh, from HPP that a lot of people have. So a uh, wheel is coming. He's got parts uh, being manufactured. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, next up, another stalwart in the sim industry. None other than Derek Spear has announced a Type 4 load cell handbrake that should be released this month. And he put out a picture on Twitter on about it. And wow, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, and what great timing with uh, with the cheese. Uh, now I can't rally. even think. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, with Rally coming out. And this thing is slick. Wow, does it look pretty. I'm wondering how it mounts, though. That's my first question. Yeah, um, I see. I see a couple of holes, kind of in the bottom of it. It looks like maybe that's how you mount it. You kind of bolt it down to something. Right. It's got a obviously a USB cord, you know, coming off of it, so you can plug it in. But uh, nice looking little uh, handbrake. Now, I guess my question is: Do we have to have a handbrake to run rally? I mean, are we going to be at a disadvantage by not having one of these? Well, that's a, you know what, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I mean, you can always map it to a button and stuff, but you're going to have a lot more control if you actually have the, have the handbrake. Yeah, because you'll have varying loads of pressure you could put on, you know, by how much you move the brake, right, with your hand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, so that's hardware. Let's jump into final topic, iRacers crossing over into the real racing world. None other than Ty Majeski. And guess what? Uh, you're not going to believe it. He wins again, guys. Unbelievable. Uh, you're right. I just... Caution-free uh, race there. Yeah, I was just going to say... Uh, 
you know what? I don't believe it, but yeah, that's a that's a big load of crap. Of course, I believe it. This guy's uh, this guy's just on fire. Why is he not in the NASCAR Xfinity series or the Truck series or the Cup series by now? I have no idea. Um, I've heard Dale Jr. talking think good things about him on on his late, latest podcast as well. He was talking about Ty Majeski, wondering why he's not up here with us, just like I said. And, but wow, uh, he he got it done. Um, caution free race, sixty eight laps, uh, trip to victory lane, and uh, he also is the champion, four time champion of the Midwest Arca Series now, and the season's He's, coming to an end here. So probably has a lot to do with money, maybe sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, you know, I, I'm really sure it's a it's a matter of when rather than you know if. Uh, just got to get the stars to align, so to speak. But yeah, he'll you're gonna see him in the trucks. There's just there's just no way this uh, this kid can't you know make it up there. Well, I hope so. It's uh, pretty cool to see the i racing colors in Victory Lane on a real race car. Uh, kudos for them to continue to sponsor him. That's a great thing. All right, let's get into final thoughts. Uh, we'll start out with you, Matt Cisna. Welcome to the team, Tifosi. Uh What are your Thank final you. thoughts here? On iRacing or on the team? Well, anything. This is it. We're going to sh- close out the show. I've just been uh, curious about how the track model is. The new tire model worked at Charlotte. It's working pretty well. And I was testing today at Kansas, and it's working really well. So that's that's really a good sign. It's You're able to run the high line and the low line, and they're, they're wearing the same, and the times are about the same. So it's... It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting going forward to see people running different grooves. Yeah, we certainly saw that at Charlotte, and you're saying it's because uh, Kansas is yep. notorious. You can only run the yeah. top. Yes, yeah, notorious for only being the top lines. Only, I don't know. I, we haven't been there yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, when I was testing, it seemed to be working pretty well. So, all right, very good. Thank you for being part of this team. Uh, you've certainly been an asset since you've joined us. Uh, Tony Groves, what are your final thoughts? Well, I didn't think I'd ever say it, but boy, am I glad to be out of Charlotte. Um, that was a rough week last week. Um, I'm a big Super Speedway fan, um, so I'm hoping for some good things this week. I, I love Talladega. It's a fun race. It's going to be a long one, and I'm not going to have as many starts as I want to just because uh, it's a 9 o'clock start for me, and it goes way past my bedtime, but uh, nonetheless, I'll be racing with a big smile on my face, and uh, I'm hoping for some decent finishes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my final thoughts, same thing. It's Talladega. I'm going to get a win one way or another this week. I intend to run the A-Fixed as much as I can. I have an extra day off here in the middle of the week. Uh and uh, I'm going to try to get it done. I'm going to try to win an NIS race. Um, I think I can do it. Um, now, I don't have any teammates in my own split, so it's going to be harder than it has been in the past, but hopefully I can find somebody to work with. Um, it, it seems like from the AFIX I ran today, you don't really just need to pair up, but you need a group of cars to work together on the outside. And if you can get the right guys on the outside, it can work. But you got to have more than a couple. You have to have at least three or four um, to make it work. So, uh, looking forward to it. I'm, you know, excited about it. 
Uh, also, I want to make sure that you understand the podcast is available everywhere a podcast can be found. And that's the beauty about podcast is you can pick any kind of tool to listen to that podcast. Uh, we're hosted on SoundCloud, but you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, uh, Facebook, Spreaker, uh, Stitcher, uh, Twitter. And so there's a lot of places we're at. And so check it out, man. If you have a phone, uh, Google Play, if you're Android, if you're Apple, you need uh, iTunes. And uh, they have a podcast app, and it works great. So check it out. And with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.